The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round two recap of the Safeway Open. Joining me to break it all down on this beautiful Friday evening, it's Greg Ducharme. What up, Greg? Round two, Safeway Open. I hope you had a good opening day yesterday, Rick. Um, It's great to have golf back, uh, back in full swing for another season. So really looking forward to it, but we'll try to keep it tight tonight. Let's get right to it. We don't want to get in trouble like uh, Kyle and I did last night. (laughs) Yeah. You guys uh, got a slap on the wrist. Um, This is my first pod of the season. I'm stoked about this. Let's jump into the top of the leaderboard. Sam Burns, 15 under par Greg. Here's the kicker. Uh, 129, I think is what he's at. Yeah. Score of 129 has tied the lowest score through two rounds at the Safeway Open since they moved this to Silverado. So he is absolutely locked in. He's 15 under, and he's got a two-shot lead. And he made a double bogey at, a, at 11 today. So he is uh, he's playing some, some really nice golf. He's doing everything pretty well. I mean, today he was 15th on the greens. He gained just a uh, – I'm sorry, that's not on the greens. That's off the tee. Um, and he, he was, he was 10th on the greens, which is pretty good. So he's doing, he's doing everything well enough. Nothing today was really outstanding from a strokes game perspective, but he's putting himself in position, uh, and, and he's chipping away at this golf course. He's a long hitter who, um, who, who can putt really well. And he's had, you know, he doesn't have a lot of top tens in his career. It's about his second. I guess this is the start of his third, I guess you could call it full season on the PGA tour. And he's got. Um, a six top tens looking for his, his seventh this week. So it's a player I think we're going to have to get a little more familiar with. Um, he is impressive. I mean, 16 of 18 greens today. And anytime you shoot 65 with a double, it's a really impressive round. So I enjoyed watching him today. I do think it's noteworthy because he started on the back. So that double on 11 was his second hole of the day. And then he rattles off nine birdies after that uh, to get in with a 65, which is always impressive stuff. He is a LSU kid. He's from Louisiana originally went to LSU. He has one professional victory. It was on the corn Ferry tour back in 2018. Uh, which I believe is correct. Okay, I'm getting the head nod. Yes, thank you very yeah. much. I was confused by that Crown Blossoms note in the outline. Um, but what I think this event, and we talked about this a little bit, Greg, the opportunity for these young guys in the very first event of the year to kind of make their name. I mean, we've seen Cam Champ win here. We've seen Kevin Tway win here. This is a wide open field, and Sam Burns just kind of cements that fact. Yeah, he, he would he would be uh, he would be fitting. A lot of the the past winners have been long here. I think the average over the past five years is something like three hundred and eight yards off the tee. 
Um, and, and he's right in that ballpark, maybe even a little bit longer. So it, he would definitely fit the mold and it would be a great kickstart to his career. Cause as I said, I mean, not, not a tremendous number of top finishes. His one top 10 last year was at the American express and he, he shot a, a 63 on Sunday to come in, I think tied ninth. So, um, it, it would definitely be nice for him to contend on a weekend and kind of build up some of that scar tissue that Jacob was talking about off air, um, that he's been building for a couple of years now. Now, even if he wins this week, and no matter who wins this week, they do not get the nod to the U.S. Open next week, right? That field is absolutely set. That, uh, that field is locked, correct? That field is locked, right? Same way they did it with Augusta. That's why we've talked about Daniel Berger not being in the Masters, all that good stuff. So even if he wins, he's not getting into winged foot next week. Right, correct. but okay. um, but it's still, it, it increases your likelihood of getting to Eastlake next year by a tremendous margin. I mean, you start off with 500 points in the first and this is the other thing to consider. You you win this week. Let's say you're Sam Burns. You win this week. You, you've guaranteed yourself three seasons of playing on tour. Now, I guess you have this year locked in. You're going to play this year no matter what. But the two after that, you have an exemption. So it, it's, a, it's a huge deal. You could start to set your schedule. We talk about all this stuff all the time, but it'd be, it'd be, um, it'd be big for Sam Burns, and, and it'd be big for uh, most of the players at the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, not not only he would add, you know, what, 1.1, 1.2 million to his career earnings, which is 2.6 million as of right now. Harry Higgs, near the top of the leaderboard, someone that, you know, we talk a lot in DFS purposes. He finds his way onto Twitter more often than not because he's always doing something. He's riding his, you know, driver like a horse at waste management. He's got the deepest of deep V's like the guy. It's it's unbelievable stuff what this guy does. And then, oh, by the way, goes out and shoots a 10 under 62 on Friday, which, Greg, here's a pretty good way to finish your round. Uh, makes an Albi. Makes an Albatross from 230 yards out in the fairway on number nine, his final hole of the day. He got off to a great start. He, he, he starts on number 10. He birdies 11 and 12, uh, makes par 13, 14, and then birdies 15 through 18. So he, he gets it to uh, six under, and he shoots 30 on the front side, and then it kind of cools off. He does get a birdie at number three, but fails to birdie the par five, fifth, and it kind of – it feels like one of those rounds where it's a really good round, and you're going to leave saying, man, what could have been? Because I just kind of got on this par train. Um, but he came to the par five ninth and um, it turned that round from, from a pretty good, maybe even ends as a disappointing round into an unforgettable round. I swear. And I have, I have nothing to back this up whatsoever, but I swear these albatrosses, alba, albatross, I, what's the plural of albatross? Oh man. Well, usually you don't have to use them in plural. They're, <laughs> they're so rare. I, I guess, uh, al albatrosses, That's albatrosses. Like. Okay. Yeah. Albatrosses. I swear they always come like when the round is already pretty good. You know what I mean? I don't know. I feel like you don't yeah. get a guy who shoots two over with an albatross on the card. Yeah. I could be wrong. I have no idea. I'd have to look back at the data. I just feel like it always comes when the guy's already going nuts and then he does something like this. So I don't want to take us too far off track, but would you rather have an albatross or a hole in one? I mean, I guess the, the, how do I want to say the right answer? I think the answer is an albatross because they are much more rare. Right. I mean, well, and it's more, it's a, it's a more under par, right? It's three, three under, under versus two, but, yeah. but at the same time, the other side, the hole in one is the most exciting shot in golf. 
an eagle on yes. a par five is nowhere near as exciting as a hole in one. Even holding out from the fairway on a par four. But an albatross is pretty exciting. It's not as exciting, but it is more rare. I agree. A hole in one is like because you got it on a tee, you're pegged up there, first shot, it only takes you one. There's there's something sexy about that. But there's it's, traditions. People yeah. ask you, do you have one? Like yeah, you no play one your whole asks, career. No one asks, have you, do, how many albatross have you yeah, had? How many? <laughs> okay, Notice I used it, as a sing, uh, used it pl- <laughs> as a singular plural thing there. I don't know. Do you, okay. do you have one? Do I have one more know. question about the albatross. Sure. I don't know if you know this. What do you think he gained? I don't know the answer to this. Oh, what do you I think he gained approaching the green on that one shot? Is it, um, is it three strokes? Does he gain three strokes on that? So, okay, uh, we could, I could fight, figure this out later, but he's, so he's 230 out in the middle of the fairway. That is probably, no, he probably didn't gain three because you, the average from that is probably three point something. So he got in in one, so he probably gained two point something. Yeah, okay, fair. That's the way I'm thinking about it. Jake well, he was, led the field in strokes gain approach today, so we go. pretty good. He, uh, he total gained 2.64 strokes on the hole. Boom. So, so yeah, so he gains like two points something on the, on the approach shot alone. So that's why I asked you. There you go. Um, first albatross, obviously of the season. Do you remember the last albatross there was, or do you know the answer to this, Greg? Ooh, um, when the last out, no, I, I don't know. Johnson Wagner recorded one on hole number 15 at the RSM classic round one, 2019. That was your last one. Yeah. I didn't have that one. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, favorite one that I remember was Louie at the, uh, at, at the masters. Of course. That's Louis, the big one. Uh, then he threw it into so, the crowd, right? He threw the ball into the crowd. Yeah, he did. And and he went on to lose in a, a really heartbreaking, but well-played memorable playoff. Yeah. Then they had to fetch it down and offer the guy like, you know, some, some merch or something for it. Whatever. Yeah, that's, it a, that's a tough one. You got to put that ball in the bag. You got to put it in the bag. Um, here's something for you. You don't need to be an expert to know that consolidating credit card debt into one low fixed rate can save you money. Start saving today with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. Lightstream's fixed rate credit card consolidation loans start at 5.95% APR with auto pay and excellent credit, lower than the average credit card rate interest rates of over 19%. APR. Get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000 with absolutely no fees. Take it from this user who said, and I quote, I heard a commercial, checked into a consolidation loan, and just a few hours later had my approval and funds ready to be transferred. Awesome. Our listeners can save even more with an additional interest rate discount. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash cut. That is L-I-G-H-T. S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash cut. Subject to credit approval. Rate includes 0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash cut for more information. Speaking of cut, Greg, there is going to be a big name player who is going to miss the cut. Uh, and his name is Jordan Spieth. Have you heard of him? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> he does it in the most uh, unfortunate way, I feel like, is, is the best way to put this. So he enters round two at three. I'm sorry. He enters his final hole of the round at three under, and that is the ninth. It's a par five. It's one of the easier holes on the golf course, Greg. And what Just does he do? Just ask Harry Higgs. Just ask Harry Higgs. And what did he do on number nine there? Uh, well, he hit a shot way out to the right. 
which is Jordan Spieth. That's what he does. He hits his tee shot way out to the right, makes a double bogey, uh, and hey, it's uh, time to pack the bags. So that's right. Unfortunate. <laughs> He tells Greller we should pack the bags. So he hits it. He hits it right. He tries to, I don't know if it's really this hero shot, tried to hack it out, catches a tree, hits his second shot. Uh, I guess it was into the, into the, into the hazard and makes the only double bogey on the easiest hole of the day and packs his bags. So what's your, we talked about him a little bit last night and I, I do have shock. Uh, I take that. I want to, yeah, right. Breaking news. If you didn't hear it, go back and listen. Um, but um, what's your take on on Jordan so far? Because I have a take that I didn't get to last night that I want to add in today. Um, but I want to hear your take. Before we get into that take, and I'll give you my take, just to give people a look behind the curtain, I have the first cut group text right here, the group chat right here. And after one shot into the season, Kyle Porter sent us a text and said, Speed center cut on the first tee shot might win all six majors this season. <laughs> no, I did not get any texts on Friday evening about Spieth's uh, outlook for the rest of the season, but uh, it, it is not just for this pod, people. He is really invested in this. Um, here's, here's, here's my take on Jordan Spieth, Greg. I think he needs like the hardest of resets. And I think he needs to split from Greller. I think he needs to split from Cameron McCormick. And that, like, those guys are great at what they do. They are awesome. But this is one of those situations where you need a different voice. And Jordan Spieth needs a different voice. Something has to change. Um, you know, we see this in other sports all the time when head coaches get fired, even though they're doing a good job and their players respect them. It just, it just gets old. I think him and Greller look like an old married couple out there. I think they are like, it looks like they hate each other. It looks like they hate each other. Yeah, they're they're not having fun. There's definitely no fun right now. Um, so I, I look, I don't disagree. And to your point about Cameron McCormick, a lot of people don't know Cameron McCormick is coaching Daniel Berger right now, right. Uh, as well. So it's not like he's and, and Jordan under his um, tutelage has a made it to the PGA Tour, b won three majors, c is already a Hall of Famer. So it, they've accomplished a lot together. Um, and and it it doesn't speak to the job that anybody is doing it something something isn't working right and so you have to be a little bit careful here what what I saw with Jordan yesterday and I saw some swings today especially today and uh, you know a lot of a lot of um, the Jordan we watch is is live right we see a lot of it in action but we also see a lot on the shot tracker we're looking like with Jordan I'm looking for patterns so I do a lot of looking through um through shot link and see well where's his ball okay he hit, hit one left one right one left one or right 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 it always seems to be the big misses to the right we yeah. saw it on the 18th hole today we saw it on 14 at Colonial we've seen it a number of times throughout the season in almost every round and it leads to double bogeys it leads to big numbers and if you look at his club face at the top of his swing, the toe is way more down than it used to be. And this week, I've noticed it more than I have even through the season. Um, the the toe's hanging down. And sometimes it's as simple as, well, wh- what's going on with his grip? His grip may be just a, a slight bit weak. And uh, that is interesting because Mark, mm. a couple of months ago, was saying they strengthened his grip a little bit. We were talking about that at Colonial. Yeah, that's right. They strengthened his grip a little bit. He came and tied 10th. I wonder if it has gotten back to weak or if they intentionally brought it back to weak. But when you play open face, which is the, at the top of your swing, the toe of the club's hanging down, it's a very difficult way to play. It's a very inconsistent way to play. And if you look at the top players in the game right now, you look at Dustin Johnson, shut face, 
the face of the club points to the sky at the top. John Rahm, shut face, square to square to close. Colin Morikawa has that bowed wrist. It's a shut face. The list goes on and on. Brooks Kepka, shut face. The modern player is a shut face player. And Jordan used to be square to slightly closed. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing it a, a little more open. Um, and I think that's leading to not just the right shot, which is the common one, but there's also the the flip hook that, that comes into play sometimes, and it, it's tough. It is really interesting because it seems like, yeah, it's always the same thing. It's that flip hook or it's the big miss out to the right. I want to I talk about Phil, but real quick, I, I want to kind of make a bold prediction here. I, I think Spieth, assuming he does not win or contend or anything before we get to Augusta, after we get through Augusta, I think I think something has to change. I, I think that it feels natural for there to be one last hurrah at a place that you have absolutely dominated with with the team intact. But like I feel like he's kind of used all of his bullets at this point, right? It's like it's been three years since I've won a golf tournament. I, you know, um, I had the 91 days off for the shutdown. I couldn't figure this out. Uh, we're going back to a place, even that I've had great success. I can't figure it out. I, I think he's going to have used all his bolts by that, but by that. And, and it's not just that it, he's not playing well, it's that it's so comp, it's so hard for him. Yeah. So it feels so far away right now. And I, I don't think that's really that bold of a prediction. I, I think if you're looking at this like a business, like PGA tour players are, this is a business that isn't, it, it's not working right now. It, it's struggling. And sometimes you need uh, new management to, to help. So I don't know if it's everybody. I don't know if you clean house. I know he's a loyal guy yeah, and I know is. that Cam is a great coach and Greller is a great caddy, but um, I, I think it's, it's um, kind of, it's looking like there's going to be a change up at some point. Philip Mickelson goes out and shoots a five under 67 to secure his spot into the weekend. And Greg, uh, he didn't help himself by hitting any fairways. He was 9 of 28 uh, on f- hitting fairways through two rounds. But we at least saw flashes of good play from Phil, which we've we've seen. We've seen that in the restart. It's always just been a matter of putting four rounds together for him. And he played his last, what is that, 11 holes at 5 under? He looked good. Yeah, he did. It, it was um, a, a little bit of a slow start, and it was a slow start for the whole group. Right? He was with um, Lowry and Steele, I, yes. I believe. Right, That's so they correct. were. It was a little bit sluggish early. Uh, a lot of pars. Nobody was really hitting it close, and then, um, and then the the birdie at eight was awesome. Right, he plays aggressive off the tee, uh, and he he misses it to the left a little bit, and it was kind of under a tree. He had to go under a tree over a bunker with like a, a 30, 40 yard <laughs> shot. Yeah. And it comes out and he knows that there's no spin on it. It lands over the bunker and it jumps forward because it's coming out of the rough and it just smashes the flagstick right in the middle. And he makes a <laughs> tap in birdie. And then from there he makes, he ends up making three birdies in a row and closes with birdies on 16 and 18, the par five. So he looked really good. But what do you think about Phil looking at this week? And we know what he did last time he teed it up on PGA tour champions. He's confident. Is there yeah. anything he can do over the weekend that leads you to believe that Wingfoot is going to be a good run for him? No, I, I mean no. I, I mean, I, he. Uh, what's he going to do? He's he's going to shoot sixty sixty and win this golf tournament, and and then I'm still going to be like, well, and he's going to do it hitting eighteen fairways over four rounds, and I'm going to be like, well, that doesn't play at Wingfoot. Like, I, I just there's there is nothing he can do that would make me more confident about Wingfoot, but I don't think Phil should be graded on if he wins a U.S. Open for the rest of his career. He should be great. Like, he's, what, 50 years old? Uh, like, he should be graded differently at this point. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think we have to decide 
now. You, you know what I mean? Like it shouldn't be wing foot or bust, I guess. Yeah, I understand. I don't think this has to do with the grade. The interesting yeah. thing about winged foot is this was probably his closest call in the U.S. Open. There have been some some um, hard felt defeats, right? right? But the New York area has been great to him. And it, the thing about this U.S. Open at winged foot is there's there's a lot of storylines, and the story lines up. If Phil won at winged foot, it would be kind of this um, this beautiful story that would come to an end. And it's kind of the way we all would hope that it would end, but it's just looking very unlikely. But I totally agree with you. He doesn't have to complete the career grand slam to really like change. It doesn't change our opinion. He's still a a top, uh, one of the greatest of all time. Correct. Um, I tweeted this out last night, but our, our friends over at William Hill uh, sent out a note that they took a $45,000 bet on Phil Mickelson to win the U S open at 75 to one, uh, which would pay over $3 million if he cashes that ticket. So first of all, what do you think about that wager, Greg? Well, what are the chances it was Phil who placed that? <laughs> it would be more than the winning, uh, the first place prize. If he actually wins next week at Wingfoot, So would that change uh, your, your thought process on how Phil performs? If you knew he had yeah. 45 K the other way on the line. <laughs> yeah, it kind of would. I'd be like, wow, this guy's super confident. I love it. He's got, he's got it. He's it's a lot. These crazy high wagers. I, I just hope, I hope that whoever that individual is, isn't hoping that this is, I, I hope this isn't a need bet because it's, uh, it's crazy. And it's definitely, I, I hope it's a funny money, uh, just I, mega Phil fan who it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he loses it. That's what I hope. I, 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 I'm, I think it is the latter. Uh, he's a known better for, uh, to William Hill, but that, that's one of those situations where you have to go through and get that approved, right? They don't just take that at the window. You got to talk to right. management about that bit. Right. Like, You're not just putting that on your bet slip. Yeah. They said it was, it's the, it's the second largest liability they've ever had on a single wager golf of a uh, match. Do you remember the guy uh, who bet what I think it was 80 grand on tiger at the masters? Yeah. Do you yeah, think that won. influenced this this play at all? Might be the same guy. Could be. I guess he's got. I mean, he he could uh, afford it. I guess. Yeah. I, yeah. Um. I don't know. I mean, this is uh, the odds were way shorter for Tiger. I think at at Augusta than than Phil here at Winged Foot. But yeah. I don't know. Um. Okay. We're gonna talk about guys we like for this weekend. But first, we're gonna take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking a a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. And we're back. Okay, Greg, uh, 
our friends over at William Hill have the odds up for the rest of the way here. Sam Burns is your favorite, and I guess he should be, right? He's out in the lead. He's 15 under par. He's, what, too clear of the rest of the field. He's plus 230. Now, we'll start there because I don't know how much I love a guy who's only 2.3 to 1, Greg, trying for his first PGA Tour title with, like, a million guys trying to chase him down. Yeah, and there's clearly birdies out there. You see what happens with, I mean, there's a 62 out there. I know that Harry Higgs made an albatross, which is very unlikely to happen again, but you very easily could have picked off a couple more birdies somewhere else during that second nine. So the low scores are out there. The weather is not really um, all that difficult, and it just puts a lot of pressure on a Sam Burr. So he's he's not the guy that I'm looking at um, heading into the weekend. He could change my mind tomorrow. A great round tomorrow from him, and it, it could really change my mind going into Sunday. Harry Higgs, six and a half to one. Russell Knox, 10 to one. Brendan Steele, 16. Siwoo Kim, 20. Can I offer you any of those guys? Brendan Steele still has my interest. Uh, yeah. And and he was my pick at the beginning of the week, and I'm going to stick with him heading into the weekend. A uh, couple reasons why today's round was kind of like I said with he was playing with Phil and Lowry, and it it was just kind of a slow start for the whole group. And sometimes that energy can just kind of be nagging. There were a lot of shots he was a little bit sloppy with, but he still figured out a way to to grind it out. And after both bogeys he made, he answered with a birdie. Um, and, and he didn't take advantage of either of the par fives on the front nine. And then on, on the second nine, he was able to take advantage of 16 and made a, a birdie at 15 as well. But I'm looking at him and I'm saying he's, he's doing everything that he should. Uh, he's not, didn't have a particularly great putting day. Um, today he lost slightly. He was 79th in the field putting, but he's 55th for the week. Um, and he's third off the tee, which I, I also, uh, I really like, he's going to give himself a lot of opportunities Hit 14 of 18 greens today. I think today was the bad round and we haven't seen the best of Brendan Steele yet. And I think we will over the weekend. So I kind of lumped uh, him and Siwoo Kim into that same pile because, you know, Steele's 16 to 1, Siwoo is 20 to 1. They're both, uh, excuse me, nine under par, and they've both shot one round of 65 and one round of 70. They just did it in different days. And and I do like the idea of like, okay, um, they had their bad round. Uh, these other guys at the top haven't had their bad rounds yet or haven't had their okay rounds yet. And Siwoo is like, let me see if I can find this here, like eighth in the field in strokes gained uh, Tita Green uh, in the second round. So, I mean, I like the way he's hitting the ball. So I kind of lumped those guys. I just have, I have little confidence in the top of the board right now. How far down do you think you can go here? Because there's an, another guy I'm looking at who's way back um, in, in Lucas Glover and uh, Charles Schwartz also has my interest too, but I, I could see Lucas Glover going out there and shooting a really low one and getting himself right back in the mix. Is he too far back at seven, seven back? I don't think so because I, I, I do think there's a 63 out there, right there. We, we've kind of seen it in the first two days. Um, eight under that might be, I mean, I guess it depends. I mean, Sam Burns, as long as he doesn't keep extending, I think a lot of these guys are in it. But what I do think is most interesting is the guys that, like the, 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 Bottom 40 guys who are making the cut, there's going to be so much movement between those guys because they're all packed together. I, I almost want to be like, get some top 10, top 20 action because I think you're going to see some guys fly up from there. They probably won't be able to get to the top of the board, but I think there's going to be a lot of movement over the weekend. I, I think that's um, pretty interesting. But um, I'm, I'm thinking about Lucas here. Yeah. He's 12th tee to green for the week, 
87th putting. Now we have this conversation all the time. The guys that are struggling on the greens are likely to at some point have a good putting day. But Lucas is one of those guys with the fingerprint of put it, you know, if he's losing only, I mean, less than a tenth of, uh, less than three tenths of a shot on the field putting, that may be kind of his norm. Do you, where are you with him and his, and his putting right now at that stage? Yeah, that, that is his norm. And like, I, I, I'm with you. There are some guys like Sergio's at the exact same spot. Sergio and, and Lucas Glover basically gained the same uh, from T to green. And Sergio is just absolutely bled everything on the greens. Now Sergio's not going to make it to the weekend, but like th- those are two guys that I would not expect to like, like Sergio's he he's, we've lost him. We've lost the putter, right? It's, it's over. Yeah. Um, the Glover, this is, this is very on brand with him. I, I don't mind this at all. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, it's just a, it's just a feeling. It's just a feeling, but I like him. And I think he's kind of in a place right now where he's um, a, a better player a more established player than some of these other guys so it's very interesting but on Sergio did you, did you see that shot Sergio hit on nine today I mean he's it, it's classic Sergio he makes eight straight pars and he hits it to it, it takes him to get to two under par for the day he has to hit a, a five wood to a foot and a half and he can make an eagle that way yeah that's that's and that's what it takes that's literally what it takes so frustrating um all right that'll do it we'll be back Saturday with a round three recap as usual. That's Greg Ducharme. You can follow him on Twitter at the real GFD. You can find me at Rick run good. This has been the first cut and we'll catch you next time. Mount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.